Good morning, good morning to you. How are y'all doing? I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for your prayers last week about the weasel. Um, yeah, you know what? That was my intention. My intention was to trap the weasel. It was actually a mink, a mink. So I bought my wife a mink this week. Um, but I was going to trap it and relocate it to a place where minks gather. Um, but my trap didn't work. But our second dog son, Joey, caught him in the bushes. Our dog ran after two coyotes, ran through the, the bush. I'm like, Joey, come back. Don't get killed by the coyotes. And he ran them off and then came running back to our house with a mink in his mouth. Yeah. So good job, Joey. Good job. Way to go. Alive or dead? Did, you, did anyone ask that? Okay. It's a nice scarf. A nice scarf. But um, we lost 30 chickens. And so that was, oh yeah, I should have told that off the top. You thought I was just, uh, no, we lost 30, 30 chickens. And so, um, so this was necessary for our um, egg production. And so our dog, we were so proud of him. The chubby wubby one, yeah, yeah. No, between, between me and the two dogs, we're not sure who the chubby wubby one is, but um, yeah, he's the big one, he's the big one. But it is good to see you, and uh, before I start as well, I want to welcome back Michael Lalonde. He was, uh, he was in YWAM for, um, he went away to, uh, in YWAM uh, in, in France with Greg and Esther, and uh, he's back. He was there for six months. We're going to hear from you sometime soon, but, um, but it's so good to have you back. We love you, and uh, welcome back. Yeah. So, uh, well, we're in Ephesians chapter th- uh, 3, and we're ending off our chapter. And if you were here last week, you got to hear from Pastor Jen, who did amazing. And um, she started us off in chapter 3, and, and I'm going to finish the chapter with uh, an amazing prayer from Paul. And so the message is called, For This Reason, For This Reason, which will make sense in a few minutes as we go through it. But uh, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3, and uh, we'll be in 14 to 21 and 22. Um, but before we open God's Word, why don't we, why don't we pray? Father, thank you, for, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you that your Word is true, that your Word is It's like a sword that cuts through the real issues in our lives, Lord, and provides us with direction and guidance and truth. And not only that, but that in your word is your presence, that you are the word, Jesus. And so as we dive into your word, may we have an experience and an encounter of your presence this morning. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. This morning, I want to return to the Holy of Holies. A couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about how in our spiritual lives, we move from the outer place off of Solomon's porch into, through the court of the Gentiles into the holy place and ultimately into the Holy of Holies. And that in the Holy of Holies was where the presence of God existed with the Ark of the Covenant. 
And then we talked about the fact that our spirits are now a dwelling place for the Spirit. That our spirits are a holy of holies, where God's presence comes and He dwells. And so at one time, God far off comes near and He dwells within us. And this morning, I want to talk a little bit more about that, because as we are being built together into a dwelling place for the Spirit, we are talking about spiritual places. We are talking about our inner being, our inner world this morning. Our main point is this, when we consider the love of God, there's a knowing beyond knowledge. There's a knowing beyond knowledge. And it is for this reason that we've been given the Spirit in our inner being to teach us the things of the Spirit. A knowing beyond knowledge. Paul writes this in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. What a beautiful passage to picture that God the Father is the Father over every created being. That God the Father is the Father over every family in heaven and on earth. Isn't it a comforting thought to think that there are families in heaven? There isn't just one family. Paul says that he is the father over families. Maybe we get to heaven and we will know our family, right? We always wonder, will we know our family? Will we know our husband or our wife or our kids? And I believe that we will, just personally. But here's a verse to support it, to say that God is the father over families in heaven. In other words, God is a God of family. In other words, we're not just invited into religion, we're invited into a family. We don't just have a master that we serve, we have a father. We don't just relate to God through the law, we relate to him through love, because we're talking about family. And he is the father over all families. And he says this, for this reason I bow my knees. Well, for what reason? What reason? Well, we're going to back up a little bit, and and Pastor Jen ended off here last week. In verse 13, um, Paul writes, I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. I ask you not to lose heart. Paul is writing from a prison in Rome in about A.D. 60. He's writing to the church in Ephesus to encourage them. They're the church that's been established, a mature church, a church that is growing in maturity in the Lord, a church that is growing into unity. And Paul is writing them from prison. And he's kind of like, I know I'm your leader, but I'm in prison. But I am am telling you not to lose heart. I am telling you to stay encouraged. I am telling you to not become discouraged. Have you become discouraged? 
Have you spent the last two years on this roller coaster called COVID? I, I mean, it's so normal for us to just wear masks these days. We forgot what it was like to not wear them. And it, for many of us, it almost feels uncomfortable to not wear a mask now. Our reality has completely changed. Rhythms of life with family and friends and connection and community and education in our schools and in all of our lives, in grocery shopping, in going to restaurants, it's all changed. It's all become different. And for some of us, there can be a discouragement. Will it ever go back to normal? What is normal? Will I see my grandkids again? Will I see my kids again? Will I see my family and friends again? Will I go out to the restaurant again? And a discouragement can set in. And, and, and so I felt like Paul was not just writing to the church in Ephesus when he says, do not lose heart, but I felt like Paul was writing to us to say, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. For this reason... I bow my knees before the Father, verse 14. Do not lose heart. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. For this reason, church, I, I'm praying for you. Paul is in prison, kneeling down before God, praying for the church in Ephesus. And he says, do not lose heart. You have every right, church, to be discouraged. You see, we endured two years where we had every right to be divided, every right to be discouraged. Different mindsets, different views on things, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. And at the end, you, you look at the church and there's lots of opportunity to become fractured, lots of opportunity to become divided. Lots of things to fight over that we never even knew existed to fight over. <laughs> Do not lose heart. For this reason, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Paul is saying, do not lose heart. For this reason, I'm praying to the Father that you might be strengthened in your inner being. I love this prayer because whatever is swirling around us, whatever is going on in our lives around us, should not affect the environment within. The holy of holies that is within us, where the presence of God lives and dwells. Paul is saying, I pray that whatever wars and rumors of wars, masks or not masks, vaccinated or not vaccinated, whatever your views are, whatever your beliefs are, I pray that in your inner being, you would be strengthened 
you would be strengthened by the Spirit. By the Spirit. As I was driving to church this morning, I was listening to a worship song about waiting on the Lord. And I was so caught up with this song by, I think it's Elevation Worship. I don't remember the title. I was just driving with my eyes closed. Um, But he was singing about waiting on the Lord. And I was reminded of the verse in Isaiah 43 that says, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And I was reminded of one of our young people who serves in our tech ministry, Nathaniel, he's a, he's a, a junior weightlifter. And you know, there's not a lot of strength built in weightlifting in the waiting room, <laughs> right? It's a lot of striving. It's a lot of working out. You know, it's, it's all of this effort, all of this effort in our outer being. And, and Paul says, the kingdom of God is an upside-down, outside-in kingdom because we are strengthened in the Lord by waiting. Those that wait, not those that worry, not those that work out, not those that strive, those that wait. And not just wait, but wait upon the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Those that wait in their inner being upon the Lord. I worship you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. In prayer, I come to you, Lord, this morning, and I wait upon you, and my strength is renewed. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. He says, now where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit is, there is freedom. Where's the spirit? In us. Remember, we came from the porch. This is not in your notes. We came from Solomon's porch. We entered through the court of the Gentiles and we came into the holy of holies where God's presence is and we said that our spirits are a dwelling place for the spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where's the spirit within? Within. Verse 18, and we who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So as we come to Jesus, we, we come to him in prayer, we wait upon the Lord, what happens is, is our mask 
is unveiled and we come to him and our faces are now face to face with God. And what Paul says is as you are face to face with God in prayer, as you are being strengthened in your inner being, he says this, he says that you are being transformed into his image. You're being transformed into the image of Christ. Being transformed to look like Jesus. Did you know that you are being transformed into the image of Christ? And so when Paul says that we would, um, that we would be strengthened in our inner being, and when he says that we would be um, you know, coming to the Lord in our spirit, he says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom within. The spirit is within. And then he says this, that as you behold him, you become like him. You become what you behold. I want change in my life. I want to see victory in my life in certain areas. But so many times I feel like I'm just working out at the gym. I mean, not literally, obviously, but I mean, I feel like in my life I try to do a lot in my own effort. I try to do a lot in my own strength. I try to do a lot in my outer being. And God comes, come, just come aside for a little while, Joel, and spend time with me. And let your inner being be strengthened. And behold my face for a little while. And as I'm beholding his face in prayer, my inner being is strengthened and I become more like Jesus. And when I exit the prayer room, I'm filled with the power of the Spirit. And I look just a little bit more like Jesus. Just a little bit more like Jesus every day. I want to be a little more loving like Jesus. I want to be a little more kind like Jesus. I want to be a father the way that Jesus would be a father. I want to be a pastor the way Jesus would pastor. That's not going to happen through striving on the outside. It's through prayer on the inside. For this reason, Paul says, do not lose heart. Next, he says, so that, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love. I love this. Rooted and grounded. Rooted means you can't fly away. Grounded means you're, you're not going to... Grounded is like you're, you're weighted down, and rooted is like you're being pulled down. So there's this idea that we are strong. <laughs> we're rooted and we're grounded. We're rooted that we wouldn't fly away and we're grounded that we wouldn't fly away. We're heavy enough because of God's presence on our lives that we're stable, but we're rooted so that we're growing. (laughs) And may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and width and height. Breadth and length and height and depth. (laughs) ESV. Basically, the, the width, the length, the height, the depth. 
and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. The word for comprehend means to acquire, to obtain, to attack, to seize. It's not simply a, a mindful exercise. And, and that makes sense when you think about it. it. doesn't take, you don't think it takes strength to think about something, but it takes strength to seize something. It takes strength to obtain something. And so Paul is saying that Christ may dwell in your hearts that you may have strength to comprehend, to control, to acquire. And then he says this, with all the saints, that you would have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. He's saying, as you come together as a community, I want you to take out your tape measures. And he says, I dare you to try to measure, try to measure this love of God. Try to measure the width. And he he says, try to measure the length. You know, try to measure it all. I know this is making a lot of noise. You probably can't even hear me. That's okay. You'll remember the tape measure, and that's all that matters. And he does this, and he goes the length and the width. And as a community, you know, check the depth of it. I mean, let's see. How high is this? How deep is this? Oh, my gosh. And he says, as a community, you will spend the rest of your life as a church trying to measure something immeasurable, the love of God. You will never come to the end of it. You'll never find how deep it is. You can never find how high it is. You can never find how long it is. But as a community, I dare you to try. I dare you to try to be so loving. And and that's what it is. As we are loving, as we become loving, and we see the love of God in one another, it's like we're measuring, oh my goodness, I can't believe how God showed up in his love today in this way. And it's like in all of these situations, I see the love of God in all of our lives. And it's like this measuring, can we ever find the end of it? And he says, it's impossible. Because it's a love that is beyond measuring. He says, to know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge. to know the love that is beyond knowledge. Anybody else go, that makes zero sense? To know beyond knowledge. How can you know beyond knowledge? Well, it's the original language. The word to know and the word knowledge are different. The word knowledge is scientific knowledge. Facts, truth, you can actually measure it. It's 12 by 10. It's measurable. You can learn knowledge. We go to school, we acquire knowledge. Facts about situations, understanding about situations. But to know is actually to personally experience To know... The word here is actually also used for earmuffs, kids. It's used for sexual intimacy. He says you can't measure it. Knowledge. 
but you can know it, experience it. To know God is not to know about him. This is a Bible. I can study it my whole life and know what's in it. I can acquire tons of knowledge by reading the Bible. I can understand new principles by studying the Bible, new languages by studying the Bible, facts about Jesus, facts about God, facts about the Holy Spirit, facts about lots of people from cover to cover. And at the end of it, I can get to the end of it and I can know the entire book and never know God. God is inviting us into a knowing beyond knowledge, an experience beyond facts, an encounter. So when I open God's word, I'm encountering the person of Jesus. And in God's word, I don't just see what was possible for the disciples, I don't just see what was possible for Jesus. I don't just see what they did at some time in history. That's really exciting, and it tells a great story, and it makes a great movie. But what this book actually is, is it's my life. And what the disciples did, I can do. And what Jesus did, that's the measuring stick for my life, is what Jesus did through the Holy Spirit I can do in my own life through the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean I am the Son of God. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is the Bible says the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells within me in that Holy of Holies, in that dwelling place, in that secret place. And if the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells within me, then I should be able to live like Jesus lived. Through the power of the Spirit in my inner being. So summed up, Paul says, I dare you to try to measure. Because as you try to measure the love of God and you look for it in your life and you love people like God loves people, you will have a knowing beyond knowledge. It's like God's love is an ocean. Try to measure it. And in the measuring, you will drown in it. And when you drown in it, his love is so in you that you are filled to fullness. That was, yeah, just, God just dropped that into my mind as I was preparing this. He said, my, my love is like an ocean, Joel. Try to measure it. I dare you. Here, hold this on the shore, and you go out in a ship. It's so vast beyond all measure. I can teach about the love of God until I'm blue in the face. 
But my heart and my desire for us as a church is that we would know the love of Christ beyond knowledge. Am I experiencing a person beyond the promises and principles of the Bible? Am I, squirrel, am I experiencing a person beyond the promises and principles in the Bible? He goes on to say in verse 20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, Now, theologically, if you just follow this through verse by verse, this now makes sense. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And so now, now that we've highlighted the fact that it's a knowing beyond knowledge, it's a strength in our inner being, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit, now when we come to a verse that says, he is able to do more than you could ever ask or think, it's because it's beyond our capacity to understand. He will do things that are beyond our ability to understand them. He will do things in our life. He will use us in ways that are beyond our ability, beyond our personality, beyond our skills, beyond our assets, beyond our connections, beyond what we think is our outer being. God will use so much in our lives that is beyond us. And the reason for that is that we have a knowing beyond knowledge. We submit to the one who empowers us. I turn over control of my life to God. I remember a few years ago, um, quite some years now, but from about 2000, the year 2000 to 2009, I had begun my relationship with God. And I had read the Bible cover to cover, and I prayed every day, and I journaled every day, and I read the Bible every day, and I was a really good Christian. I was super Christian. I checked the boxes every day, like three times a day, praying, you know. I fell asleep in the prayer room a lot at Trinity Western University. I was a really good Christian because I was checking the boxes. Then in about 2009, I'm reading the Bible, and I look at these verses about the disciples, and I'm reading about Jesus, and I think to myself, I wonder if this is possible to live like this. I wonder if it's possible to actually live like the disciples lived. The first, one of the first books I read was by Cindy Jacobs called The Voice of God. And it was about hearing God's voice. Some people call it prophecy. I'm just going to call it hearing God's voice. And I read this book and I was like, oh my goodness, we can actually like hear God's voice. I started reading books on like praying for the sick and for healing. And I was like, oh my goodness, we can actually pray for healing. I I read books about being 
like filled with the spirit and living a spirit-filled life. And I went, oh my goodness. Like we can live like Jesus lived. We can live like the disciples. We can do what Jesus did. This is crazy. And my life was transformed. It was transformed because I began to see that all of this hearing God's voice and, and praying for, for healing for people and ministering the gospel and all of it was really around one concept. It was that we would show the love of God to people that desperately need it. And so I began reading books and, um, and then we went, a, a few of us went to this school in Surrey, a ministry school. And it was called a supernatural school. I know, you're thinking like, what is this, Marvel? <laughs> it was a little like that, though. We, we drove in my car, which we, we nicknamed the Chariot of Fire. You know, it was a good spirit name. Never broke down, so I guess it worked. And every Tuesday, for an entire year, we would go out to this school and find out if we could do what Jesus did. And our lives were transformed. And the amazing thing is, God has that for each and every one of you. I'm not special. I'm just stupid enough to try it. So these ministry nights were going to begin tonight and for the next eight weeks, ten weeks or so, is an opportunity for us to learn what does it mean to pray? What does it mean to share the gospel naturally? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? What does it mean to pray for people to be healed? What does it mean to hear God's voice? These concepts that I've heard taught, I've read about, could they be for me? And so I invite you to come out to doing what Jesus did over the next eight to ten weeks. It's going to be an awesome time. Beginners are welcome and failure is accepted. When I first started learning about the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of Jesus in my life, somebody said, you cannot, actually at that school, he said, you can't graduate this year unless you fail three times. In other words, unless you think you heard from God and you didn't, and um, that's often the stumbling block is kind of a fear around our own comfort zone, a fear around our own ability, a fear around what we can do or what we're comfortable with and all of that. And I understand that. I was there too. And, and that was comforting for me is where he just said, listen, I know you're kind of worried about all this, but you got to fail three times before the end of the year. And that was helpful for me. And so we want to create an environment where it's safe for everyone to learn and to experience doing what Jesus did. Do not lose heart, church. COVID has given us a lot of excuses to lose heart, to be discouraged, to be divided, to be separated from one another. 
But what's been beautiful is the way that we've come together. And things that could separate, divide, are bringing us together. So do not lose heart. For this reason, he will strengthen you with power. And he will do more than you can ever hope, ask, think, or imagine. And I believe that for your life. Worship team, if you would come up and I'm going to respond in worship and communion. But I just want to pray for you that the seed would be deposited in your heart. Father, I pray that this, this seed, which is your Holy Spirit, would be deposited within our hearts, Lord. That we would be strengthened in our inner being. That we would know beyond knowledge. That we would experience beyond, Lord, what we've ever experienced. That you would spark something new and fresh in us, Lord, this morning. Would you seal this word in our hearts in Jesus' name? Amen, amen.